between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this mass movement, destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow, it is we, mass movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. We're going to do something a little unusual again, folks. Uh, this show is an interview special. First up, uh, it's me talking to um, Ben and Niall from Cardiff band They Live We Sleep, who are literally incredible and will tear your face off. Um, they've just released a new EP called Sorrowful World, so I thought it's time to catch up with them and just find out exactly what's been going on with the band and to talk about the new record. Um, the audio does kind of dip in and out in places, so please bear with it because it's it's really worth listening to and the guys are fantastic um and to start the interview we'll feature one of the tracks from the new ep and to close the interview we'll feature another track from the new ep so without further ado this is a they live a we sleep With uh, Niall and Ben from They Live We Sleep, and they're going to talk, tell us all about their new EP. So take it away, yeah, chaps. Yeah. Uh, so our new EP came out two weeks ago. Uh, it's called uh, Sorrowful World. Uh, it's four-track EP, rough clocks in at roughly about thirty minutes, and it's depressing. It's angry. It's loud. It's all the good stuff. <laughs> I think and, it's good about uh, music. We- yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, a, we put it out through Trapanation uh, Recordings. Uh, so they're up in Hull, I believe. Delay on production, but should be here next week, I think. And so we got. I did see. I did see a preview of them earlier. Yes, they yeah, they look really nice. Today. <laughs> yeah, definitely look like they're worth buying. I would say that. Yeah. So, 
That's yeah, through no Trepanation Records, so you can get it from their site or you can get it from your Bandcamp, I'm assuming. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's all linked on our Bandcamp, so it's like uh, tlws.bandcamp.com. Um, it's all through there, so like we, um, if you ever use Bandcamp before, you can like link a label with the with the band, so it just makes it easier as one place to go instead of go here for this, go here <laughs> for that. <laughs> so what they wanted to ask, you haven't survived one of your shows. Um, because it, it, your shows are, are, are really physical. It's, it's mu- as much about the performance as it is about the music, I think, when you play. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I mean, like, for me, it's the same way you go and watch any band. Like, if they don't look like they're having fun, I'm not going to be having fun. <laughs> oh, you guys look like you're having fun. I mean, it's just like sheer destruction, teaching on the, on the edge of chaos, but the music is just, hits you like a tsunami. Yeah, I I mean I I have nothing to do with that. That's them lot, loud bastards. Yeah, loud bastards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's the music is super strong. So anyway, but when it does come into a, a stage setting, it's just it all fits together. You just go fucking mental. I can't help myself. Yeah. Man. I just I just start throwing my shit all over the place. It just <laughs> end up getting my fucking. Your bass broken. <laughs> my bass broke, or fucking cutting myself on something, or fucking falling over. It's just good fun. It's a uh, what you want. Yeah, but it's, it's really, really easy to get. Like when 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 the the guys are behind you playing something like that loud and fast, it's so easy to just get locked into it. It's great. No, you do. It was um, it was an event. You know, I mean, I, I enjoy events because I'm a miserable old bastard anyway. So you know, I. <laughs> I like the doom and the chaos. So, so if you had to describe your sound to anybody who hadn't heard you before, how would you describe "They Live, We Sleep"? Uh, loud in all caps. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like we, we, this is a thing I, I hate describing or like genres and stuff. But like we, we do tend to get labelled quite often as we got crust sludge. Like out of cargo, chaotic hardcore, yeah. So Mastical, it's like the a little bit of um, grind, but it, yeah, it's a bit of everything, right? <laughs> but just extreme hardcore, I guess. I always go. With, I mean, I always go with uh, power violence, if if anything, right? Exactly. But I, I think I think I think with the new EP, we've kind of veered not veered away from that, but it's not as much that. Way inclined as it was, say on the first EP that came out. Yeah, there's a lot the, more, lot more, more metallic. metallic. Yeah, metallic. Yeah, it's like we've definitely gone for the on the on the new stuff is just to kind of show a bit more of a broader offering of what what we're are all about. Because I think the well, especially the first EP was just fast, don't stop. Forget fucking five tracks out in eight minutes, done. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I got this thing in my head that you guys are just like this collision between Neurosis, Spaz, and his heroes gone, all just like melding into one. Mm. And yeah, no, I mean, like, it, I can see yeah. comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this perfect, perfect chaos that works. Where did Dylan just say time fell apart last time? You don't. You know what I mean? It, it, they took it too far. You know when to rein it back in. It's just, yeah, so that's how. Yeah, I, I think like, we've we've obviously got influences from a lot of chaotic sort of music and stuff. But it, like, yeah, I think like you, you can just go way too into it and just turn into a, a noise of a mess of like a just nothing. But um, I don't know. We've like especially with songwriting, like whilst our guitarist is. Busy with his kids right now. Um, he's much more of like a structured songwriter, and, and weirdly, he doesn't listen to any of this. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think that, that brings in a lot more like emphasis on song structure to a lot of our stuff. So if you're not into this music, you just want to skip through it. Yeah, I think it helps as well because a lot of the stuff we're writing is like things I know and it's Better or for worse, that doesn't always make a song. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's good to have. Ross is a lot more methodical. Um, he's a lot more metal-minded with stuff structure-wise. Yeah, definitely. And like, 
it really helps like when it comes to songwriting like the, our, our drummer Adam and Ross they've been in band for god probably 20 odd years now <laughs> and like yeah. since they were kids they've, they've always been involved in stuff so like they've got this like weird like psychological link they just know yeah I think that it's, it's really helpful and um yeah they're, they're both like they've worked with each other for so long they, they both know when like they 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 don't mince their words they'll just say no that sucks <laughs> yeah and uh and we know when to rein it in then as well so it's it's really good to have that to work off and then i guess like me and i'll tend to add a little bit more of the chaotic side to it and then, uh, they'll tell us when to stop so how, how did you you know it always how people discover hardcore always seems to fascinate me because it's not something you just stumble across one day it's, just, oh, it's um, something you have to speak out and find I think so how yeah, did you it, find it I mean I mean like I, I remember like really early now in what like GCSE's sort of area of school I was I, I um a bunch of my friends would tell, tell me about bands and I like we were collecting what what was it back then it was like Kerrang I don't know if you know Swansea Spillers records as well little like record shop so they used to have this section that was like imported stuff from America so we'd always just like go and pick up like the uh it's called the, the tester CDs like there was the Atticus ones back in the day and stuff like that and I always try to find these like crazy bands that we didn't have anything like that in the UK so I think Dillinger Miss Machine was one of the first ones I, I remember picking up on like I was an idiot I think like it <laughs> and through through that, then I kind of worked my way back, being like, right, what what where what are their influences, and then going to listen to like I don't know, like straight up like stuff like Discharge, um, well, Swanking Heads, <laughs> like just going back to like more traditional hardcore kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I I, I I bought into it through the, the weird mishmash bands that ask backwards way of doing it <laughs> every other day what about you now We started getting into the scene. It was always about like you go through Metal Forces and um, those kind of magazines, and you find people to t- trade tapes. So that's how we heard about you know all the yeah. first wave, like they've got the death rehearsal tapes and the you know the first death demos, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. And it is that's awesome. It is kind of like the internet's becoming a new form of tape trading. I I hadn't thought about that until, until you mentioned yeah. it. Then. It's, 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 <laughs> It, nope. it has, to be fair. I remember, well, obviously it's changed a bit now because mm-hmm. everyone just streams everything, but do you remember like all those websites used to just uh, upload, like obviously illegal, but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, upload like um, records from like everywhere. So you'd have like a mix pieces, but you'd have all these like local bands from all over the world. Right, like, then most of them are based on Brazil and Portugal these. where copyright wasn't so much yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly, then they were going to get pursued by the by the by the labels. They were going to shut you down. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, where, where does this name come from? Where 
you know, they lose the it, it's, it's, it's just it's okay. like reminiscent of a John Carpenter film. So all, all like, all like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly so. It's, it's a piece of graffiti on the wall in They Live right. that says "They Live, We Sleep." Right. Um, it was so the names actually uh, was actually picked by uh, two two members that are like have since left the band, but it was the idea of the band was always um, that sort of grim John Carpenter vibe, and obviously the the main theme of They Live, the film, is sort of anti-establishment. Society is a lie. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and that was very fitting with a lot of, like, well, at least my uh, my beliefs anyway. So it's like, we've kind of kept that going with it. And it's a great well, film. The name is perfect. <laughs> it just perfectly encapsulates everything that you do. Because yeah. some yeah. band's names, you go... Oh well, that that's that has nothing in common with what the band are actually playing. We you, you, you hear your name, you know what you're going to get, or you have an inkling of what is to follow. Yeah, because you know, yeah, cause nobody expects what you guys do. I swear to God, it was just it's actually it was actually one of the reasons why I got because I I wasn't I'm not an original member. Um, but I was playing with this post hardcore band back in the day, and we had, I think it was an EP release show we were doing, maybe. Oh. And yeah, I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think the the main reason, because I was like cycling a few bands, I knew Ben was an extended band from his previous band, Constructor. Um, but I saw the name just popping around, and I was just like, I'm a huge John Carpenter fucking fan. I was like, I love they live the film. And I was like, gotta check this out. And, um, as I said, we were like a fucking really melodic post-hardcore band and I just heard this like fucking wave of just fucking grinding shit. And I was like, they've got to open the show. They're playing the show. And the rest of the boys were like, really? I went, they're fucking playing. I don't care what you say. And like, I watched them and I was like, this is fucking incredible. There were people leaving because it was so loud. And I was like, this is so cool. And I remember I saw Ben um, at a show a few months later. I think um, Dom had left the old basis. I was like, Dude, tag me in. I'll join. Let me join now. <laughs> literally, what? When we play, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then your first show was Cancer Bats supporting, wasn't it? <laughs> no, that was my second show. Actually, that was second. Yeah. Yeah. first one was in the, in the moon with a uh, was it Tor- Tosca? Oh yeah, yeah. Torpa. Yeah. Torpa. Yeah. Well, I saw you guys. He just he literally just tore my head off. He's like, yeah, this this is what seeing Dillinger was like back when they first played. And this is what I was imagining. Yeah, well, oh, mate. hopefully less less climbing. Well, there, there was a, there was a little bit less climbing, but you know there wasn't as many glasses yeah. being broken on people. But it was all right. It was yeah. you know, <laughs> in the same kind of, same kind of vein. And it's like watching bands. Like what happens next when they played? You know, they had that sort of six to five dynamic mm. sort of slap a ham edge. Oh yeah, and that was it. Was just perfect. And in my head, it makes perfect sense. You know, musically, what you do. I mean, yeah, it's probably not for everybody, but it is for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the... no, I was just—I was just going to say that—that's something that I'm uh, not weirdly proud of, but I do like that it's a challenge. Like it's it, it definitely weaves out the chaff in some ways. <laughs> um, yeah, it, you know, not that it's not that we make like difficult music to listen to on purpose. Obviously, you're right because we like what I we think... do. I think what I like about it as well, like, like you're saying, it, it, it's a little bit harder to get grasp. So the people that do genuinely listen to us actually have a bit more of a connection with it. And actually, we get some like really nice feedback and have like met people through it and stuff because they genuinely care instead of just being like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, but that's the thing. <laughs> the, 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 like, even though it's immediate, yeah. what you do is incredibly immediate because it grabs your attention straight away. But music should yeah. be challenging. It should make you think change your perception and make you think right mm, and yeah, that's yeah. what you that's what your music does it's not yeah. easy but it's not difficult you know and once you get yeah. it it's like fucking this is this is this is life changing stuff for some people and that's what yeah man you do yeah it's, it's also um through through doing this it's like opened us up to like how well it's not it's not big but there is a massive underground scene in the UK for just extreme like 
and there's just so much of them. Like, I, I guess they're all playing like small venues in their areas and things like that. But it's just like we wouldn't have heard of them if we weren't being put on bills with like bands that know them or would have met and stuff like that. And it's, I don't know, it's just I've found so many great bands in the UK just from starting something like this. That's it. It's all on your doorstep. Until Chris said, "Oh, well, I've got this band to play your book launch," and I was like, I was like oh, "Who are they?" Then? And he just said, "They live with Steve." So, well, their names play. I just stick him on there and say, "You're gonna fucking love them." And yeah, he was right because he knows what I like, you know, and he knows yeah. how my brain works. I know how his brain works. And when he said, "Fucking amazing," we sort of knew, "Yeah, we're gonna dig this shit out, you guys." And it's it's taken us some now to get you on this, but it's not yeah. gonna be the last time. Yeah. Oh, definitely not, no. We just got to figure no, out how um, to record you live and get you on now, and then next time do like a, a show, I think. That, that could be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be well for that. We'd all be down for that, I know, after the show. Because that'll be fun. That'll be fun. So, what's the reaction been like the EP so far? Uh, it's been pretty positive. Like, we've had uh, some really nice reviews. Um, obviously, the fact that the physical stuff's been delayed a little bit, I think we'll probably get a little bit more once once they're out next week um but yeah it's been really good um i, I hate to shit on any of the old stuff we've done but everyone keeps saying it's the best thing you've done it's like but, such an improvement but it should last. be because you should be able to make that natural progression from one record to the next anyway, yeah and a musical evolution and you know if you're not no, absolutely you know yeah i think uh not really our mo with this but sort of how we've been progressing as we have been writing between each record is we're adding new elements in or we're taking yeah. not so much taking stuff away but we're altering certain things that we may have done in the past whereas like you know on the first EP there's um, the song Self Harm and it's literally just fucking blast beats and just the same note for about a minute and a half straight and like that's cool but we don't want to do that every single record you know right. like uh, we want to less add new well on there <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. A, no, don't get me wrong. It's fucking cool just having like a really hard as fuck, like punk rock fucking minute long song. But it's you nice need to delve in. Of them. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice to delve in and just rip apart some stuff and add some. I mean, we've got some elements of like fucking doom and black metal bits on the new record and just sort of just messing around with a few different elements. It's been really fun. But I think that's yeah. really what we're going to do going forward, like adding different elements in and just see where we can take it. Yeah, so lyrically, not... what sort of themes do you <clears throat> are central to what you do? And, um, <laughs> it's usually just a very uh, a nihilistic view on the world. Like I don't know, it kind of it like it was always started as a way to vent out like frustration and, and anger that like is like pent up inside you. That was that was always the idea behind it. And I think lyrically you can probably if you go through the records you can probably see uh what I was going to <laughs> <laughs> or what what was uh, topical at the times. But it's just I don't know, there's always always something you see uh, around us, just whether it's like political anything, just people being dickheads. You just hate seeing like people being like punched down on and yeah just gotta gotta if, if you're pissed off you may as well do something progressive and right. um channel, the, with it. channel the anger properly yeah yeah, yeah instead yeah. of you know don't go and have a fight or something oh, no, we're, all, we're all being shit on so let's find a way to use that positively rather than negatively yeah yeah, yeah. so what is next on your agenda chaps um, I can the question yeah, booking uh, shows is uh, the current thing at the moment, but we are also like in early stages of working on writing on writing the next thing, uh, which is always going to be an ongoing thing anyway. But um, there's nothing, yeah, nothing solid. We've got a couple of shows booked and a couple more that we're hoping to get in the next couple of months. But it has been um been a little bit difficult since the the end of the pandemic like mm. i feel like every band every venue has just been going like full ham on everything <laughs> so there's just you know, seven shows a week everywhere <laughs> everybody's <laughs> trying, trying to like, get back what they lost you in the, the yeah, last exactly. two years so yeah it's, it's yeah. just we, it, it we've will. been quite lucky 
like the shows we've played this year have been really good. Um, we've played some like with some great bands, great crowds. So it's, it's been good so far. I was just trying to keep that momentum going, really. Right. So next show up is. Uh, it's October the twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Crofters Rights. Yeah, in Bristol with a Mastiff. Yeah, which uh, the basis of Mastiff is Dan, who owns Trepanation Records. So um, you're really good to actually finally play a show with them and uh, catch up with them as well. Did Mastiff release a record on APF? Yes. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Uh, Feel these later. Year, I think it was, it was a really good album. Oh, I think they was it uh, E One Heavy. They brought a record out with as well. I think um, the latest one's on E One Heavy. You know? Yeah, the latest one. Yeah, um, but they're a cool band, man. Um, they're really good. No, they are. Really, they heavy. are really, really. Yeah, really heavy. Um, man, yeah, it's like see, we like, saw the thing earlier. Um, they, obviously, they had a one of their songs on the Cyberpunk game. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I think they said earlier that the music's going to be in the TV show. I was actually watching that earlier. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. If it is no. on there, but uh, that'd be really cool. I was like, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. That's so. Like yeah. Netflix show. So I know. Really good for a band of that, a band of that genre again. That sort of fucking attention is awesome. Yeah. Well, you, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta fucking bring it then when you play with them. You gotta just Fuck push yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe not survive the show, but it'll be good. <laughs> if I if I can get out of the house after sheer terror played the same week, I'm going to be in Bristol. But you know, it's it's. I think you should. Well, yeah, but I'm old. Man. You know what I mean? So I I I, I have set hours in which I'm allowed out of the house. Like, you know? So and you know, it's just sheer terror. So it's just like a bunch of old blokes just standing around with their arms folded. Yeah, so I remember when hardcore was always this hard. And, you know, Well, you have no idea what aches and pains are yet. We'll wait till you get another 15 years, 20 years on here, then you'll be like, I can't go to bed this morning, I can't even move. So. I, I cannot wait. Right, so. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, final question. Your three definitive records are? Should we do each uh, yeah. separate? Yeah, okay. Ooh. I mean, Jane Doe Converge is probably one of them. I mean, I, I have so many posters and t-shirts that I can't really say. I don't, there's not one of my definitive ones. Um, but that's kind of like a basic bitch question answer there, isn't it? Um, probably a bit different than our style, but I'd probably say like every time I die, Big Dirty was a big album for me growing up as well, especially like vocally. Yeah. I think I've always kind of you know, kind of aspired to be kind of like that a little bit. And then, oh God, <laughs> probably, um, yeah, Mr. Machine Dillinger. Like, again, the, those three albums that St. Paul came out when I was quite young and they, they definitely uh, set me on a trajectory to, to this. Really, I know. because that's not cool but I'm going to say God Hates Us All by Slayer that okay. that record that, I, don't, I don't care what anyone says that is one of the hardest fucking records that's ever come out 
See, I, I could really piss you off now by telling you that I saw Slayer on the South of Heaven tour with Nuclear Assault supporting. Oh. Oh, and that's the only time oh, I ever wow. wanted to see Slayer because you experienced it once. Because you know it's never going to be that good again. You see it once. Oh, I don't imagine. Even. And, you know, with Lombardo playing then, that's it. You just... Slayer's yeah. one of the first bands I've ever seen. Like, it was a Cardiff show. I think it was Slip, Slipknot, Slayer, Mastodon and Hatebreed. I think I was being like and Holy Alliance. That would have been. Yeah, I think it was. It was yeah. something like that. I was like fifteen, sixteen, and I'd never heard of Hatebreed or Mastodon at that time. Went away from there, being like, "Who are these? I want to be like them." <laughs> so she has. And uh, yeah, that, that was a great show. But I was surrounded by really tall, bald, tattooed men when I was a little child, and it was a bit scary. You make it sound like some weird Belgian club. I was trying to talk weird tattoo going on. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's very much like a Belgian club. I haven't seen it yet. So that's about it, chap. So plug your record, because people have to fucking hear it, man. Yep. So the record is, well, it's out now. Um, it's called Sorrowful World, four tracks. It's on Bandcamp, tlws.bandcamp.com. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's on... Apple Music is probably on fucking what's that GZ one title? <laughs> it's probably on LimeWire, YouTube. <laughs> but um, yeah, just Google "They Live, We Sleep, Sorrowful World." You'll find it, and hopefully, you'll enjoy it. There's another two EPs before that. Enjoy yourself. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time this evening, chaps. No worries, man. Thanks for having yeah. us on. And uh, we'll have you on again. We'll get that show. We we'll get some sort of show organised. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. definitely, man. We'll do that. Yeah, come on and have a random chat. We're up for that too. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 five minutes in the show, you're going to be oh fucking just die like. So that'll be good. Have a heart attack and clean over. <laughs> All right, nice one, fellas.
So that was Ben and Niall from uh, They Live We Sleep. <laughs> Again, I, I can only apologise for the audio trip, dipping in and out sometimes. Um, the tracks you heard were Endless Waltz and The Sorrowful World. They're both taken from uh, They Live We Sleep's new EP, which is out on Trepanation Records. It's called Sorrowful World, and you can find it on their Bandcamp right now. Okay, as promised, um, there's a second part to this to this episode um dave from adrenaline od one of our all-time favorite bands has recently written a book it's called if it's tuesday this must be walla walla it's about to be published by uh dewolf books or dewolf publishing rather um it's available for pre-order now from the dewolf site and as you'd expect it's funny it's just brilliant from beginning to end um and um, because Dave's written this new book, I thought it was finally time that we featured AOD on the show. Bruce was supposed to be on along with Dave, but he couldn't make it. So this is Dave from AOD. But before uh, we go in there, we'll have a couple of AOD tracks. One to open the interview, one to close the interview. So uh, we'll have Corporate Disneyland and Bugs. Anyway, that's by the by. This is Dave talking about his new book. If it's Tuesday, this must be Walla Walla, which is published by DeWolf Publishing. Uh, go get the book. And listen to what Dave's got to say about it. Tuesday, this must be Walla Walla. Yes. <laughs> so the book, how did it all come about? Well, tell you the truth, uh, I never thought about writing a book before. Okay, Dave appears to have dipped out. In chronological order, all the shows that we ever played. Right. Yeah, so, you know, it... it had an entire list of every show that he could come up with that we played. So on those particular days, like say like today, uh, I would look in, on the website and I see where we play and I post the flyer that day on Facebook. And after doing that and writing little stories about it, people kept saying, you should write a book, you should write a book. And then I talked to Stephen from um, DeWolf Publishing and the next thing you know, I'm writing a damn book. So that's how it started. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I've read the book because Steve, because yeah. I know, because I know Steve, and he sent me a copy in advance, and it's been brilliant, mate. Oh, you really like it? <laughs> I really, really like it. Um, Whoa. so yeah. I, I was sat there reading it because I, cause I got, because I got the advanced PDFs, and I'm peeing myself laughing, and everybody's like, <laughs> "What are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? I, I can't. It's, I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not watching porn. I'm just reading Dave's book. Honestly." It's, Right. That would be the effect, you know, that people would have would just really enjoy it. Yeah. It's not real heavy, you know. Yeah. The stories are short, which makes it, like, blow by quickly, you know. But it's, it's funny because it, it just sort of captures what the music of the band is as well because it's, it's short, sharp, funny, immediate sort of stories in song form, and that's what you've translated the book. Good, good. I'm glad that worked out because, uh, to be honest with you, uh, the only people that have seen the book so far is, uh, you know, DeWolf Publishing and my wife saw half of it and that's it. So nobody's really seen it yet. So it's interesting. <laughs> so, uh, well, I have, there's your first review. It's been brilliant. So 
Thank you. It's funny, and I thought it was going to be as well because I was expecting. Cause, you know, I, I kind of know Bruce, and I know you know the sense of humour you guys have, and I know I, I've listened to you since this. I'm going to show my age as well now, since, since like '88. So, yeah. um, okay. you know, I, I uh, and it was everything I wanted it to be. Short of seeing you, because I've never been able to see you guys, because you you've never as far as you've not we made it through, have you? No, you know, you've, you've yeah, tried to get we, it, but you tried. Yeah. Um, I, I believe you're scheduled here for next year. Well, no, I don't know if that's going to happen. From okay. what I hear, there's such a backlog of bands that um, the booking agents aren't even taking on new bands anymore. They're just working with the bands they have. And, uh, and because of COVID, a lot of these promotion agencies, like... I, I saw him back in like 87, 88. Um, I saw him this time, and Keith looked like he was really into it. And Jay Casino looked like he was really into it. Right. Greg, not so much. And Xander Schloss looked like he was just dialing it in for the paycheck. Right. And he was kind of, oh, really? You know, yeah. uh... I got to see the original lineup of that band when I was a kid. They were fan freaking tastic. After 40 um, years, because it's just... It's getting harder all the time. I'll <laughs> tell you why. It, you know, I, I sat down, because we have these shows coming up, and yeah. I sat down and tried to play the drums for the first time about you know three and a half months ago, and it felt like somebody had strapped cement to my arms, <laughs> because I was like so rusty, and it hurt so much. It reminded me of when I first started, and I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to do this all over again now. And I did. I had to keep at it every day. And it's, it still hurts, <laughs> you know, but I'm at least up to speed, so. Because you're playing like... Hopefully my heart will stay in there. <laughs> well, don't... Do not go keeling over before you actually make it to the UK. After after you make the UK, realize, that's fine. That's fine. How big we would be, though. Know, uh, we would be huge if I was that guy that everybody YouTubes that died on stage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, that would make us legendary. Yeah, but you, you, you the paycheck would come in, but you wouldn't bet. Yeah, that, 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 nobody wants that to happen. Well, no, you play the UK that, anyway. That's going to be AOD's existence story anyway. After we're dead, we're going to get big. So, what do you, how do you sort of um, equate the fact that you have this legendary stateless in the hardcore scene, but outside the hardcore scene, you know, you, like a lot of bands, you can't get arrested. You know what I mean? You, You are, to some of us, like on this altar, but apart, from, right? You know what I mean. But you know what? If that's that's the cool part about it. I mean, if you're Dave Grohl, you can't walk outside. You can't go anywhere without people recognizing you, and your whole life is totally messed up. Yeah. I'm at the point where if I go, I was out to eat in New Jersey one time with my parents. I was visiting my folks. And we're sitting at a diner, and this guy comes over. He's like, oh, my God, are you really the fucking mayor, dude? He was freaking out. And, you know, he, he was so impressed to meet me. And then he leaves, and my parents are just, like, bewildered by that whole episode, <laughs> you know. But it, it, that's that's how it happens. Even down here when I moved to Orlando, Florida, there's been people that have come up, you know, giving me drinks. And it's like, you know, I, I've listened to you since high school, or I used to skate to your band, or, you know, you're one of my favorite drummers. I get this a lot. It's, it's kind of funny. But uh, I like that it's... Uh, that we're more of a niche. I, I do like that. I, you know, because I could walk through a crowd and nobody would know who the hell I am. So that's oh. that's neat. 
Apart from those of us who know who you are, and then we just follow you around like in the Pied Piper Hamlin, you know, so, oh, it's Dave, it's Dave, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get, you know, it, I mean, Bruce gets to a certain extent as well, I, I, I'd imagine, but not, because, you know, he's, he's out with his mother all the time, and because he's a carer. Yeah, Bruce lives in a part of Florida where there's not, like, a whole lot of young people. <laughs> it's like him and a bunch of cows, and then, like, his elderly neighbors, you know. So his fun days, they're, they're really short. Um, he's, that's why he's probably on Facebook a lot. You know, I would be, too. I'd be losing my freaking marbles. But I was lucky. I, I got my mom into a place where there's a lot of people that take care of her. Right. It's a uh, federal penitentiary. Oh, one of those places, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's one of the jokes. You like that one? Uh, yeah. So, again, with the, you did the Beer City reissues not so long ago. So I'm kind of yes. wondering how that came about. You know, was it a difficult um, process to actually assemble all your recordings, remaster them, and then get them out again? Job. We're very, very happy with what he's done. Uh, the records look good. The packaging looks great. You know. So Andy, you know, the first thing he came out with was the the Let's Barbecue reissue, which came out on Record Store Day. So that got a lot of publicity. So I, we're very happy with what he's done so far. Because to me, I mean, again, I came in later, like like eighty eight. It's always the wacky hijinks of AOD was was my definitive record. I'm cruising with big cruising with Elvis. Yeah. So. What kind of progression do you think the band made between that's barbecue and that record? Because because they are distinctly different when you when you listen to them. Because there's a, I mean, I hate to say this, this is a metal edge because there's a metal edge, but there's a more like almost a crossover feel. To let it right. So right. did, I, what was going I on around that, you impact the band at the time in the scene? Band started changing right towards the end of when Jim Foster was leaving. We were writing songs that were much faster than the Let's Barbecue stuff. Yeah. That's what became uh, wacky. And uh, when Bruce joined the band, we just really started going balls to the wall on speed. <laughs> um, it, there were there were times like when we play fast songs like uh, World War Four or, or Mr. Rogers, and we would actually like try to race each other to the end. <laughs> you know, so it was a competition for us. And it, you know, doing a lot of that, it just, you got faster and faster, but I mean, nothing made us as quick as going right into the studio after being on the road for three and a half months. That's when we did Humongous Fungus. And man, we were just so loose and so fast at that point. It, it was, it was easy, you know? So that's why that record is just crazy, crazy fast. I think like Wacky was a, a progression on Let's Barbecue and it was much faster than Let's Barbecue and a little more, a little bit more uh, metal influence. Yeah, I'm, 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 the, the last bit we got was metal influenced um, with Humongous. Okay, well, I was going to say that um, we listen to a lot more uh, like Kiss and Blue Oyster Cult right. and Alice Cooper and Paul, um, his guitar influence, a lot of uh, Ross the Boss from The Dictators. And he was also into uh, Richie Blackmore from Rainbow. Oh, dude, that, that, so, that guy could wail. Yeah, so that was like Paul's big influence. So, so the metal thing kind of came from those kind of riffs, more so than something like um, Iron Maiden or anything mm -hmm. like along those lines, you know? I mean, certainly there was there was no thrash metal back then either. So <laughs> it mean, was just venom uh, and Motorhead. That's all I remember. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. mentioned like the three the three and a half month tour, and you guys were legendary for just like jumping in the van and going, and just that was it. You were gone, and you'd just be gone hey, for like half the year. If you lived in New Jersey, wouldn't you want to leave? Come on. <laughs> I knew a girl really? from New, I knew a girl from New Jersey once, and yeah, yeah, I I get where you're coming from. <laughs> So, but how, I mean, how do you survive like three and a half months on the road in a van without yeah, going completely insane? When we were all young, we were all in our 20s, you know, early 20s. And being away from school and work and parents <laughs> was just like the most free and liberating thing you can deal with. And on top of the fact that we did it with all our circuit of best friends. It was, we took Lenny and Frank from Bedlam on the road. 
with us as our roadies. And, you know, the band members were very close. You know, we all hung out even when we weren't in a band. And then, you know, not only do we get to see the entire country in depth, but we're seeing like all these scenes start all across the country. It was like uh, Johnny Appleseed had come through with Black Flag touring, <laughs> the Dead Kennedy touring, and just spread all these seeds. And they're just starting to pop up as we're on tour. And our 84 tour, our first tour, we were out for about two months. And you really started to notice that it was getting bigger the next year. Like the first tour, we played a lot of basement parties, backyards, um, small dive bars, things like that. The next tour, we're starting to play theaters and large clubs and much bigger parties, <laughs> you know? So it, it was, you could see that the scene had just started to really pollinate at that point. Each, each town had their own local bands, you know? I mean, it was expected to go to a place like Reno and then we get to play with Seven Seconds, you know? Or, you know, go to um, uh, West Virginia and play with a great band called The Inbred there, you know? It, it just... That's the way things were. It was like one band usually had control of that scene and the, and the reason for that scene getting really popular. And um, everybody contributed with uh, fanzines and, and people just showing up, putting on shows, taking pictures, you know? When we came into this, that's our tail end, that's our crossover period. And so we... We we're trying to catch up on the history of what's gone before. So it's, I mean, it's only like five years, six years. But again, Did you became long hair at one point. I'm, I, I I I had a dreadful mullet one time. I really did. Yeah, yeah, I did. So I'm, I'm now this is this is fate paying me back for growing that terrible, <laughs> terrible hair. So you know, it's it's like it's it's revenge. But hey, I can relate. <laughs> but we, you know, we. But you know, AOG became one of those bands that you know. Simply because of the blistering speed, and it wasn't speed without purpose. It was speed with melody. Right, right. And that was um, probably from the stuff that we listened to. Uh, first of all, as far as the speed goes, we'll take that one first. Yeah. When me and Paul started the band, we had been really influenced by the Bad Brains and the Dickies and the stuff coming out of DC, like SOA and Minor yeah. Threat. And we consciously set out to start the fastest freaking band we could possibly do that so that was conscious it wasn't accidental it took a long time to get to that point it really <laughs> did and i listened to some of our early demos and it's like is that on the right speed it, it sounds like sounds like a 45 getting played at 33 and a third compared you know but um you know we got faster and faster as as we came along now as far as the melody goes we were all raised on the first wave of punk rock right. and a lot of that was melodic bands like uh the damned and the dickies and the avengers um that was that was pretty um stick in your head stuff generation x and the clash and you know all those bands had almost punk rock hits back in their day you know yeah so it, it was it that that was absorbed into the psyche. I, I really look at like maybe one of the one of the early great combinations of speed and melody was probably like the first Descendants album, right? You know, was, that's the one I remember that like you can actually sing along to those songs. You know, so what what happened to the band? Why did you sort of? Call it quits because it wasn't. It, it, it sort of felt like you actually split up. You just sort of went, ah, we're going to take a bit of a break, and then the break became an extended break. We took a good look at each other and said, "Yeah, what are we doing?" <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we got really. We lost our way past like eighty eight, eighty nine in that area. Punk rock in the United States, at least hardcore, it was a dead, dead dead breed um nobody was coming to our shows anymore you know um we slowed down we, we put out that ishtar album i don't know if you ever yep i'm oh, here i mean so we're talking about ishtar okay i was asking if you ever heard that album yes i heard Ishtar. Uh, i'm very sorry <laughs> it, was, it really wasn't that bad you know it, wasn't yeah, the best. Like that's what they say when you go to the doctor and he sticks his finger <laughs> up your ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It really wasn't that bad. 
Yeah, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't, you know. I, can't, I guess it kind of wasn't what I was expecting. Well, I think, I think we, we became something that we weren't even recognizing anymore. Right. Uh, we, you know, and um, the, our, our audience had dwindled off. Punk rock didn't get big again until like Nirvana and then Green Day, you know, and then yeah. it was like, kaboom, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, the stuff we were playing on Cruising with Elvis is now like the entire Fat Records roster, you know, it's all fast, melodic punk rock, you know with a lot of backing vocals and you know it, it, it's weird how that happened had we stuck with it like bands like agnostic front did maybe things would be different but we were never known for making great decisions at all <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't our board day no. <laughs> oh all right so let's, let's get back to the book Dave. so you've got some record release part the book release parties you're playing november i believe Couple of shows. Yeah, November fourth in New York City at Bowery Electric. Yeah. November fifth at my hometown of Clifton, New Jersey, at a place called Dingbats. Uh, and then I'm doing a um, autograph signing at a store called Randy Dow's Man Cave. <laughs> and that night, I am uh, hosting a show in Philadelphia. Uh, sorry, not Philadelphia, in New Hope, Pennsylvania, with um, Flag of Democracy headlining. Right. The great. Great band, Black as well as uh, Jax uh, from AOD has a new band called Fear Gods, and they're opening up all the shows. Right, blimey. So, back to being busy again. Very so, much. Are you nervous now the book's about to get released, or, or about to be published, and out there? Yeah. Yep, I'm here. So, are you nervous yeah. now, the, now, the, now the book's about to be released, it's about to be out there? How do you feel? I feel the worst case scenario, if there's ever another COVID outbreak, I'll have plenty of toilet paper. You really are doing yourself with the service because it it's, it's, it's a fantastic read. It really is, honestly. Boy, thank you. Thank you. Um, I would, it's, it's odd because there's been such a big gap in between the time that I finished the book, mm. turned it in, and the book actually coming out. We're talking months and months and months of nothing at all for me to do. I've been bored as hell. <laughs> I've been writing books so long. I don't know what to do anymore, you know? It's like I've been watching the same stupid videos like 50 times. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting. I've, I've been very curious as to what people are going to think about it because I could second guess. My I had uh, something called in. It was my old friend Scam Lightly. So, <laughs> but it's yeah, I don't think it's important so you know, it, it, now that you've written a book you've written your first are you going to go back yes. and do another one I might I <laughs> sure uh, the second one's a doozy too that doesn't involve the band in any way shape or form I used to work for a very large uh, rock and roll merchandise company that eventually became licensed, but started off unlicensed. Right. So there's some really, really crazy stories about it. Um, in pretty much, they made all the uh, embroidered patches during the metal era. Oh, okay. And, yeah. And if you remember the, the printed, uh, screen printed back patches that you would get in, in the UK, uh, I actually designed a lot of those things <laughs> back in the day. So probably the, the, so. the patches I sewed on my denim jacket were probably the ones you designed. Like, they, like started off with Accept Metal Heart, and then you probably did that one. I would not be surprised. It's very possible. Yeah. I was responsible for a lot. And then Master Puppets probably after that, and then the progression after that to, to Agnostic Front, and oh, yeah. So, my goodness. Yeah. So how do you feel about the book? yourself personally um like i said uh i try not to look back on it too much now because i start saying i should have added this or this you know this probably isn't factually correct mm. you know uh, um and then you know I, I i just can't let myself worry about it it's it's what's done is done but um I, I think that it's a good representation of our existence as a band. And if anybody that um, is interested in AOD or even the 80s American hardcore scene in general would probably enjoy the book. I think so. Oh, I, I know so. And I've read the book. So, you know, 
<laughs> you you can quote me on that. Stephen can stick it on the jacket if he wants to, but it's probably printed Trust by me, now. It, it might happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, when when is it published, and where can people buy the book? It's uh... You know, it's funny, like, I think about 40 years ago, we were throwing our records at trees, like, <laughs> trying to break them, you know. The first time we had our first record, Let's Barbecue, we had so many of them, it seemed like. We got about, like, 1,200 press. Yeah. Boxes of so we're taking ashtrays out of them to be putting them on bands. We're throwing them at trees, like grizzlies and grapes and on walls. And every so many years, those boxes just start breaking into bits. Thank you very much. Thank you, easy. Cheers, and my condolences for the Queen. Well, it really doesn't bother me at all. Oh, Lizzie's gone. Never mind. Big shame. We got Charlie now. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye. So there you go, folks. That was They Live We Sleep and Adrenaline OD. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. And until next time, uh, ta-ta.